Hey guys, just a quick note about today's news segment before we get started. Literally five minutes after we had finished recording, the Le'Veon Bell release news dropped. So that news is not covered in this podcast. Uh, we covered in our news segment the news that the Jets were wanting to trade Le'Veon Bell and that they were looking for a trade. But again, the news of his release did not drop until about five minutes after this episode. So that will not be covered in today's show. So just a disclaimer in case anybody was confused. Now we'll move on with the show. Second and Goal Fantasy Podcast. I'm Calvin, your host, here with your co-host, Chris, the fantasy expert. And in today's show, we will be previewing week number six for fantasy this year in 2020. We've got news, big questions, waiver wire, starter sit, and booms and busts, like usual. And we've got a lot, a lot, a lot of content today. The big questions are some of the best we've had this season, I think, because there was a lot of news, a lot of interesting news that we're going to be discussing today. And also... A lot of, I mean, we're not going to be just really discussing this, but a lot of, a few game postponements happened. And uh, as such, we are actually recording this podcast right as a game is going on mm-hmm. between the Titans and the Bills. Yeah. And Chris, I, I mean, I'm, I'm in an, an insane you guys know what matchup happened. right now. Yeah. So basically, you guys know that basically that the, I mean, this podcast is being released on Wednesday. So it is currently Tuesday night when we're recording this. The, Bills and Titans game is going on right now, and it is really crazy because we are. I'll give you guys the number just so you know when we're starting this recording. It is uh, there's eight minutes left in the second quarter, so yeah, and uh, it's pretty crazy right now. I am losing, or no, I am up by point one points in my fantasy matchup, and I have AJ Brown for the rest of the game, and he has Devin Singletary. I mean, keep in is, mind that Zach Moss is out with that toe yeah. injury. I uh, Zach Moss is out with a toe injury. I didn't get home in time from something I had to be able to replace him, which really stinks. Uh, four of my five running backs are out. I have McCaffrey, Aaron Jones, Damian Harris, Joshua Kelly, and Zach Moss. Zach Moss, Harris, uh, Jones, and McCaffrey are all out. So I'm starting one running back because I couldn't back, get back home in time to pick someone up and start him. But uh, I'm up by 0.1 points right now. It's AJ Brown versus Devin Singletary uh, down the home stretch. So this is going to be a, a fun one. I'll, I'll update you guys at the end of the show. Unless yeah, I made AJ Chris Brown promise gets- that he wouldn't give live updates during the show. So we're going to give you guys an update at the end because you guys already know what happened. So I figured it'd be a little weird to just get constant, quote unquote, live updates. So <laughs> yeah. unless this game stretches to somehow like Wednesday morning or whatever when mm-hmm. this drops. All right, let's get into some news. News. Dak Prescott is out for the season with a compound fracture and dislocation in his ankle. Uh, Andy Dalton is going <laughs> to, Andy Dalton's back. He's going to start for Dallas for the rest of the season. I think Prescott, Jerry Jones said that Prescott should be good for next year. Yeah, there's a four to six month recovery timeline, but uh, we'll talk about what this means for fantasy. I mean, Prescott was the QB one for a while. I don't know if he was entering this week, but him and Russell Wilson were neck and neck. And now, um, I mean, now he's hurt. So, Chris, what do you think of Andy Dalton's fantasy value for the rest of this year? Uh, I not really. I don't want to give anyone a definitive answer. But he does have the weapons, I think, to merit possible QB2 uh, production. Just because he's not any old backup. He's played as an NFL starter, and he's experienced. He knows how to hit his guys. He's got great weapons. CeeDee Lamb is doing really well. I think he's a 
he's worth a flyer, especially if you have Dak. Uh, and, and if there aren't better options, I think in the big questions, we'll talk about some other options for you guys. But, uh, I mean, Andy Dalton is going to be serviceable. He's not going to be great. He's not going to be anything crazy. He's not going to be a total bust either. He's always been a consistent guy for the Cincinnati Bengals. Now he has upgraded weapons. He's, I mean, he's never really had A.J. Green, who is, I think, very comparable to Amari Cooper in his prime for really full seasons. So I think that I think that uh, it's going to be fantasy value that is going to fluctuate a little bit, just depending on the matchup, because I think that he's not going to be able to hit his guys in – against some of the best pass defenses. But in general, I think you can trust him to put up QB2 numbers. Yeah, I'm going to say he's a QB2, and he's got borderline top 10 upside just because of those weapons. But, I mean, well, let's also talk about how those weapons are affected because I think, I mean, you have to think the wide receivers receive a downgrade of some sort for sure because the Cowboys mm-hmm. are not going to be passing as much as they did. Prescott was on a ridiculous record-setting pace yeah. through the first four games of the, or first four games of the season, yeah. And so I think... Zeke's fantasy value may go up a little bit because I mean there was a game I think it was week number week four or one of the week either week three or week four where he had 14 carries and uh, I mean he's still heavily involved in the offense but I think we might even see even more Zeke now yeah uh, I was actually surprised watching the game the other day Uh, obviously you guys if you listen to the podcast for a while now you know I'm a Giants fan uh the Cowboys were playing the Giants it was really sad to see that Dak Prescott injury I mean I watched it live really bad Kind of set a bad mood. I couldn't root for the Giants as much as I had been. And uh, I was still disappointed when they lost, but I was really more disappointed for Dak Prescott because of how bad of an injury that was. But I think that – oh, I just lost my train of thought. What, what did you ask again, Calvin? Uh, I was saying Zeke's fantasy value. Oh, yeah. I mean, it rose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he he yeah, starts uh, in a long-winded explanation and then loses his train of thought. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I think that Zeke's value is – going to definitely go up because they're going to have to run the ball more. But I was surprised to see Tony Pollard get a little bit of work in that game. He was really mainly active in the passing game and and in some of the second and 10 and uh, long yardage later downs, he kind of had a bit of a role. So I wouldn't be surprised if he starts to get an even bigger role. He's maybe even worth a flyer in your league because he's going to, if you're really in a sticky situation, he's going to get a few points just because they're going to have to involve him. They're going to have to involve everyone in that run game. So, I mean, Zeke's fantasy value definitely rises. Tony Pollard's value rises. Uh, but don't expect Zeke to totally shoot up. I mean, he's already been good. I don't. I think that Mike McCarthy is going to not want to totally change his offense, but he's going to have to change it a little. I mean, it's inevitable. So I think that you can trust Zeke to put up maybe a little bit better numbers than he was already putting up. Yeah, I mean, I'm not really surprised that Tony Pollard got involved. I'm just more surprised that he didn't get involved early in the year because we know he's a talented back. So I think he, but he, you're right that he will be with the increased uh, work to the running game. So maybe Zeke's work doesn't go up as much as we expect, like you said, Chris. So yeah, I mean, I guess don't really value Zeke at a, pre, a huge premium just because of this quarterback switch. In fact, I mean, it might be harder for him to get some room because he's going to be facing more stacked boxes. So actually, I would, <laughs> after all this, I've decided, let's leave, leave Zeke's value at about the same. Yeah, maybe I, I'd give him a little bit of a bump, but uh, yeah. Agree yeah, with all right. So the New York Jets, the 0-5 New York Jets, who have lost every game by multiple scores, are trying to trade their one good player left on their roster, Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, According to smart. various sources, I this has been an ongoing saga. I saw a tweet where it was like, I think, I'm trying to remember who it was, but somebody said, Adam, Adam Gase said that 
he wished Le'Veon Bell would talk to him instead of liking tweets about his usage. <laughs> Adam Gase is telling this to the media instead of telling this to Le'Veon Bell himself. So I thought that was pretty ironic. But, I mean, the Jets are trying to trade him. I don't know if this is a surprise, but I think his fantasy value goes up, Chris. Just about anywhere he goes, I'm, like a team with a good running back wouldn't really want to trade for him. Yeah, I mean, I don't see the value because maybe, I mean, the Giants are an interesting candidate, but I'm worried that Le'Veon Bell is going to want to sign for a ton of money. Or, I mean, there's not a ton of great fits right now. I mean, you think about a lot of the teams because really the teams aren't expecting to have to get some crazy guy. Maybe the Jaguars are an option. It depends on how much they're willing to rely on James Robinson. Maybe they want to give him a bit of a backup, but in general, I mean, I think it's going to be a bit tougher than the Jets are expecting. And actually, maybe not the Jets, but Le'Veon Bell is expecting for him to get big money and uh, get into a good situation where he's the full-on number one guy. I mean, that's well, I mean, not going to happen. Got big, I guess yeah, he got I, big I should money say from big the money, Jets. But, I think but, it's just going to be hard for the Jets to trade him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be hard for the Jets to trade him just because he already got the big money and uh, he has really has been underperforming. Now, is that a function of Adam Gase's offense? That's very likely, as we you know, we have discussed a lot on this show. But I think that... Nice little 60-40 split with Frank Gore that they've got. Yeah. That, oh that's, that did goodness. happen last game. It happened in training camp, and it happened last game when Bell came back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, it's going to be interesting. <laughs> we'll see what they can do with him. Uh, but another, another tragic story of Adam Gase's offense. Yeah, I mean, but hopefully it'll have a happy ending. Maybe Le'Veon, let's see. Try to think of what would be good for fantasy. Uh, there's really nothing. I mean, most teams are probably settled in their running back ways by now. Maybe he goes to the Giants. Maybe he goes to the Giants and they have Saquon and Le'Veon Bell next year. They just run a dual threat backfield. It'll be like the new Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara. Yeah. Lightning and Thunder. I think, wait, which one? Mark Ingram was Thunder and Kamara was Lightning, right? <laughs> absolute sign no but that's that's what they called them right i know i think ingram was thunder and kamara mm-hmm. was lightning that amazes me that ingram was the thunder <laughs> i mean ingram is good he's kind of jk dobbins has been written out of that offense so they seem to have at least some confidence in ingram mm-hmm. but i mean more running back news before we move on to big questions dalvin cook is expected to miss week six due to an adductor strain according to chad graff of the athletic well we're going to talk about madison at cook's backup in the waiver wire but, I mean, I guess the Vikings have a week seven bye, so I would expect that after the bye, Cook comes back. I mean, it's, it, it, it seemed to, the Vikings seemed to say that his uh, MRI went pretty well, so I think Cook only misses one week. And But Madison's value, we'll talk about him briefly here, it was soaring. He averaged mm-hmm. like five and a half yards per carry last game at, when Cook went out. Yeah, uh, Madison is going to be great. We talked about him basically it's the best handcuff before the season started we yep. both had him in our rankings and well, mr latavius the- murray didn't say he was the best handcuff i said he was okay yeah i think Lata- i still think latavius murray is the best handcuff but i mean we see it now working its magic uh that's what handcuffs do dalvin cook is out especially if you had dalvin cook that's why we told you guys you had to draft cook if you were going to draft cook you had to get madison and this is the exact reason why now all the cook owners are scrambling to find someone off the waiver wire when in reality they could have just pick someone that was readily probably available to them in the draft. 
Yeah, I mean, even now, like, it, whenever I, I haven't really pursued Cook much in the trading market throughout the year, but, like, whenever I, if I think of an offer in my head, I've always got to be like, where am I going to get this roster spot for Alexander Madison? Can I package someone with another player to open up a spot for Alexander Madison? That's how committed I am because you gotta got to consider it. Cook has gotten hurt every single year. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, um, let's go to big questions. Big questions. All right, big questions. Um, so we sort of talked about Dak Prescott's injury. Well, we definitely talked about it earlier in the news segment. But we're, let's just talk about what waiver wire options at QB do Dak owners have. And there are a lot of them. And uh, I will start because quarterback is very, very deep this season. And if you lost Dak Prescott, yes, that hurts. I had Dak Prescott Prescott as my QB3 this year. I thought he was one of the only QBs that you could consider taking in the earlier, like, seventh round. Like, him and Russell Wilson were the only Uh two QBs that would really take. um, Well, I would have taken Kyler Murray and Deshaun Watson in the seventh round. But Prescott and Wilson were the ones most likely to fall there, I think. So, um, but quarterback is very deep. So it's not the end of the world. These are guys that are all available in over 50% of ESPN leagues. Justin mm-hmm. Herbert, Ryan Fitzpatrick, yeah. Teddy Bridgewater, Derek Carr. All four of them have had very solid stretches. Mm-hmm. I think I am probably would like Derek Carr the least because he has a tendency to just slip back into mediocrity. But the other three I'm very excited about. And then if you want to take a flyer on someone, try Andy Dalton. I'm sure you'll be able to get Andy Dalton. There's not going to be claims on him. So the, he, might, he might be a pretty easy guy to get. But between these five, if, since they're all available in over 50% of ESPN leagues, I would say you probably have three of them on your waiver wire. So unless your league is like crazy committed, you should be able to definitely get at least one uh, to replace Dak Prescott. Yeah, definitely. I think you're going to have no problem finding some uh, a QB because, I mean, now Andy Dalton becomes available. Someone might be picking up Andy Dalton and dropping their quarterback. Justin Herbert is doing great. There's going to be some spots that open up. I do agree with you, though, Calvin, uh, shying away from Derek Carr. I think I saw the stat that he threw his first two, his first pass with over 30-plus air yards, I think, in like the last 18 <laughs> games, in like the last 10-plus games or something. Oh, dang. That shows how conservative he is. So if he plays a good defense, I think he's going to have some trouble because he doesn't have that big playability. So. Yeah, and then Chris brought up a good point too because people, when picking up these QBs, are going to drop their own guys who maybe shouldn't be dropped. Joe mm-hmm. Burrow is only owned in about 60% of ESPN leagues. After his performance against the Ravens, which was an outlier because they're the Ravens, he was going to probably be – he might be available in the majority. So you should look for Joe Burrow if you can get him because he's right on the fringe of a Q, as a QB1 for me. Mm-hmm. And I ranked him as QB14 at the beginning of the season. I'm very proud of that because he's worked out for the most part until last game. Yeah. All right. I, so I let's move on. Next question. Is Austin Hooper back? He's actually – a lot of our questions today – are going to be guys who are also available in a lot of leagues. He's available in over 50% of ESPN leagues, like 55 or something. He's a very good waiver ad because he's had five catches in each of the last two games. He had a touchdown catch against Dallas. He's had actually 17 targets combined in those Mm -hmm. games. He had 10 targets against Indianapolis. So, I mean, part of that, the first game can be chalked up to Dallas's terrible defense, but against Indianapolis, he got five receptions for 57 yards. So I'd say that, Austin Hooper is back. He's definitely a guy you want to add. I'm trying to add him in our league. Yeah. I mean, his targets have been trending up so much. First game, first two games, he had two catches. Second game, he had three catches. The last two games, he's had five. 
if that trend continues and Baker Mayfield's play continues to improve, which it has been, and the Browns team continues to be really good, and they've been a very good team, surprisingly, jumped out to a 4-1 and one start, I think that Austin Hooper is going to be a great waiver wire ad. If he's still available, like he actually is in our league, I think our league has found a, a, a good share. We all, I think we've all settled in on our tight ends, but Honestly, I have Greg Olson. I really like Greg Olson just because of the offense he's in, but I'm considering dropping him for Austin Hooper this week. Yeah, Chris, when you said the thing about him trending up, I was thinking, like, for some reason I thought of he's on pace, being something like he's on pace for having 14 targets in week 17 because he's had, like, five and or wait. I guess in week one he had – or week two he had two. Week five he had five. So in week eight he should have eight. Oh, wait, so he has the number of targets that corresponds with the week. Ah, I see. So in week 16, he'll have 16 targets and win you your fantasy championship. No, no, 16 receptions. No, no, 16 catches. Yes. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Add Austin yeah. Hooper now because he's on pace. Mm-hmm. He's on <laughs> pace right. to do that. Last, last question. Is it time to drop A.J. Green? Yes, I picked up, please. I picked up A.J. Green off the waiver wire after he was dropped. Got no catches. Got hurt. But he didn't get hurt. I don't know how early in the game he got hurt. I don't think it was that early. Like, he wasn't involved before then. He has looked washed up. I am dropping him. So, yes, it is time to drop A.J. Green. Mm-hmm. I know he's a big name, but, like... How about the trade I the made? Only reason, before, here's the, the here's moment the A.J. Brown started doing bad, the moment what? A.J. Brown started doing bad, I traded A.J. Green for Deontay Johnson. That it was the best, one of the best. No, but, Chris, remember that deal you sent on, and then you sent to test the waters and then realized how bad okay, you okay, thought it was. Calvin I'll, Calvin, I'll be honest. I felt really stupid for doing that deal because I didn't realize how bad it was, but I wasn't actually testing the waters. I actually kind of thought it would be good, but I knew everyone was going to make fun of me. Oh, well, you could have just told me that. I thought you were just embarrassed because <laughs> you were testing the waters i don't know if we told this story before on the podcast but yeah i mean but, uh, basically chris was chris thought it was a good deal to send aj green for deontay johnson and he turned out to be right mm-hmm. but yep. actually and wait. i traded deontay johnson <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> all right well i mean and the only reason you can keep aj green the one way that maybe you can argue to keep him is if you don't have a good team <laughs> and you don't have any other options yeah. no great but advice the, from the, the, <laughs> No, if you listen to this podcast, you shouldn't have a good team. So here's the one. Or wait, no, you should have a good team if you listen to this podcast. Oh man, slip up of the words there. But um, if you have a good team and you listen to this podcast, the one way you could keep him is if you like think he's going to be traded or have some inside knowledge that he's going to be traded or like mm-hmm. think there's a good chance. Because if he gets traded, have, maybe he. If gets you have life. inside information on the Bengals uh, team, you're pretty set for fantasy. I'd say that you would don't be need very to helpful. To this podcast anymore? Or no, actually, wait, wait. Keep listening. If you have, infor- if you have inside information at gmail.com with your inside information. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> we'll we'll tweet it out and probably give you a, like eighty percent give you credit. Wait, no, I mean I, I meant we're eighty percent sure that we will remember to give you credit. <laughs> okay no, i mean if we got that information we would give credit. yeah but yes the answer to the question drop aj green guys well we would give credit and say per sources so you not get any glory at all <laughs> or per source genius just one source <laughs> per source the, the two sources are the source and my brain because mm-hmm. then you're not getting any credit all right well let's move on to waiver wire waiver wire all right let's go waiver wire i think i didn't i say all right let's go waiver wire after the drop in the last podcast too i have no clue i'm pretty sure i said it and it sounded so familiar so if anyone wants to tell me 
follow at Calvin underscore SGF and you can DM me or you can email us at secondandgoldfantasy at gmail.com if you want to go back and look what I said after the wave wire drop. Can't wait till we have like I can't wait till we have like a a huge fan base where they do everything that we tell them, everything random. It's like email us at secondandgoldfantasy at gmail.com if you have inside information about the Bengals. (laughs) That's gonna be so fun. All right. Well, waiver wire, Chris, do you want to start with your first guy? Sure, I'll go ahead. Uh, my first guy. Da 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 da. He forgot his is. first play. I'm looking on the note sheet. <laughs> I couldn't find it on the note sheet. Travis Fulgham. Uh, oh yeah, the new gosh. coaching staff had him very have. Wait. What? <laughs> <laughs> right now. We gotta tell this story. Oh my goodness. No. Well, it's not really a story. I but like, I'm reading that little note aloud. I barely ever keep notes. In <laughs> that note was for Brandon Cooks. <laughs> but then I took Brandon Cooks for my waiver wire. Yes. Like Chris, Chris is so lost. He he forgot his waiver wire guy. Looks on the note sheet, then just reads it off like a script. Okay, this is this is why. Like I I barely <laughs> ever take notes. I mean, if you look down at my section, I really kind of I like to think about what I'm gonna say because I don't like to have a, a specific note sheet, and that is exactly the reason why. Travis Fulgham, I think he had uh, ten receptions last week. He was really involved in a Carson Wentz offense that really hasn't found its. Uh, it's number one guy. I think that Greg Ward shared that top spot for a little bit. Now it seems like Travis Fulgham could be at the top there. It's worth a pickup because you never really know who's going to turn out. We don't exactly know if Alshon Jeffrey is going to have a role. I mean, there's still so many questions there. So, I mean, honestly, go ahead and pick up Travis Fulgham. I think he can even be a great option to possibly start next week if Alshon Jeffrey remains out, which I think he will. So, yeah. Okay, well, I mean, here's the reason. He's a good short-term pickup, but not a good long-term pickup. Alshon Jeffrey, currently out. Deshaun Jackson, currently out. Jalen Rager, currently out. Dallas Goddard, currently out. That Those are their, like their top four targets. And Chris, by the way, Zach Ertz has been doing so badly. I feel like if Goddard came back, he would have taken over the role. I can't believe you got that right. I was so I off that prediction. But that was actually correct. Like, Ertz has been so bad without with all of these guys out. Is it time to drop Zach Ertz? Maybe we'll be talking about that. In no, 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 no. I actually Do have a deep, I have a deep tight end sleeper for some reason you can't get. I mean, Austin Hooper's owned in a lot of leagues. So if you can't get Austin Hooper, or um, then I've got a good tight end sleeper for you that I'll talk about in Waiver Wire. But first, let's do Alexander Madison. He's <laughs> Wait, we're talking about Alexander Madison in three different segments this week. News, waiver uh, that, wire. That's, oh, no, I took him out of booms good. and busts. Never mind. So two segments. So I'll talk about it here. He's averaged five and a half yards per carry last week. Cook's probably only going to miss one week with the bye. But this one week is a good week to get Madison. He topped 100 yards last week. And now he's playing the Falcons. That's going to be a nice shootout. Alexander Madison, huge boom game coming. I would have put him in the boom section, I think, except I think that's a little too obvious. So I'll just talk about it here in waiver wire. So, I mean, he's the top waiver wire pickup like running backs are so hard to find on the waiver wire. That's why I encourage drafting them early every single year. Like most experts. Wait, Calvin, do. one quick question mm-hmm. is, uh, where is he? Is Trey Burton your tight end sleeper candidate? No. Yeah. I saw Trey Burton was doing well. It's just that Mo Alley Cox left that game with an injury. So I'm not really mm-hmm. sure if that's going to continue, but he got targets two games in a row. It is not yeah. Trey Burton, but it's uh, someone I did see Trey Burton on the waiver wire when I was looking for backup options in case I didn't get Austin Hooper. But I'll talk about someone different. But yeah, Trey Burton coming back. We're seeing a lot of we're seeing a lot of names from like a year or two ago, 
or, or, or like yeah, a, I know. a couple years funny. ago just pop up Every Trey Burton social, Mike Davis you know? Andy Dalton Mike Davis was just off the map I mean I think in David Montgomery's rookie year last year, I think there was a little bit of talk about Mike Davis, but like he hasn't really been on the map for a couple of years. Neither has Dalton, neither has Burton. Burton was a tight end sleeper, I think. Actually, maybe that was, was that last year? I'm oh not even God. sure. That was last year. I had, I mean, we didn't do the podcast last year, but it, as a, uh, not quite a fantasy, as good of a fantasy expert as I am now. I mean, I was still very smart about fantasy, <laughs> of course, and I'm the smartest now. But, I mean, Trey Burton was one of my tight end sleepers last year. That, that was like – That is crazy. That is insane. I completely forgot about Trey Burton. All right. Mm-hmm. Anyway, your second guy, Chris, is also sort of a short-term pickup because Deontay Johnson left the game with an injury, although less so of a short-term pickup because, I mean, Juju's busted like I said he would. Juju mm-hmm. cannot handle the role of a wide receiver. I mean, I didn't guarantee that he wouldn't be able to handle the role of a wide receiver one. I just said he never proved it. Like, he needed Antonio Brown there. And now Chase Claypool. Yeah. Four touchdowns, one rushing, seven catches. Chris, this is a good waiver wire pick. Yeah, I mean, the four touchdowns alone makes him – I think he should be the number one waiver wire guy on everyone's boards. Ben Roethlisberger likes to throw the ball around a little bit. I think that he really hasn't attached to – likes to throw the ball around a little bit. I <laughs> love that. He really hasn't attached to Juju like he did Antonio Brown. I mean – there was a lot of buzz that Juju, I mean, when Antonio Brown first left, that he would be the number one guy and he would be so good. But he really, if you really think about it, no matter what Ben Roethlisberger said, he never developed that connection with Juju Smith-Schuster. Deontay Johnson was really good. But, I mean, even so, Chase Claypool just had a huge role in that offense. A Steelers team that's 5-0, and uh, they're not going to have to be passing a, a ton because they're going to be up by a lot because of how good their defense is. But they're still going to have to pass some – I could very easily see Chase Claypool moving into a number two wide receiver role. I mean, this seems crazy, but maybe even a number one wide receiver role. You guys can quote me there if you want and see if that turns out good. Bold pick. But email us at secondgoalfantasy at gmail.com with your thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> or or follow us at SGF pod at Calvin underscore SGF at Chris underscore SGF on Twitter. But yeah. <laughs> oh man. But oh wait, I was gonna say oh yeah, no, I remember. I think it's not that Roethlisberger didn't develop a connection with Juju, I feel like, because he did with Antonio Brown there. Like, he was throwing a Juju a lot. I feel like he did develop a connection. I just think that Juju could not handle the wide receiver one pressure and the wide receiver one coverage and teams keying on him. He couldn't handle that. So... Victory lap time. Yes. yes. I am in the spot. Like, this is one of my favorites because everybody was high on Juju. That's what I love. I mean, at the end of the season, we'll probably just have to do a uh, – I think we'll have to do um, a victory lap episode. I mean, I've said this so many times. We'll have to do a victory lap episode, but we'll also talk about a few bust picks that we had too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Stephon Diggs, wide receiver like 30 <laughs> is an example. Oh, but we, I think we both had him around there. We'll talk about that at the end of the season. I think I had him a little bit higher. I think I had him in mid-20s. Mm, so he, Chris is the smart one here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right anyway my second guy is brandon cooks and this is the guy that chris said made the note of new coaching staff and this was i actually had not thought about this that the new coaching staff might be looking to throw to brandon cooks more i mean it's not a new coaching staff it's just no bill o'brien so it's sort mm-hmm. of it, they could run it end up running it a little bit different but cooks got eight receptions i just for 168 yards i believe and i mean he's in a touchdown but he's he was really good 
But Deshaun Watson has looked to so many different guys over the course uh-huh. of the season. Like one game to the next, you can't predict who's going to get the targets. That I think he's a little bit unpredictable, but he's definitely still a good ad. And I'm happy to see this because Brandon Cooks was also one of my favorite um, sleeper picks. And he was re- very, very bad at the beginning of the year. So I'm glad to see him break out at least for one game. Yeah, me too. I think that he deserves a role in that offense. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he proved he could, he, he, he's the type of guy who can be a wide receiver one in an offense. Not mm-hmm. like a great one, but not and not like Juju. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, Chris, your third guy, I touched on briefly earlier, but let's go more in depth on Justin Herbert. Yeah, Justin Herbert. I mean, he has been absolutely phenomenal. He scored 27 fantasy points against a solid Saints defense. He's just really been able to spread the ball around. I mean, think about it. He had 27 points with Keenan Allen out. He was able to get Mike Williams involved as a deep threat. He showed off his arm strength. He wasn't afraid to throw it deep. And now once you add Keenan Allen to that mix, you get Austin Eckler, who's in six weeks, is going to be able to be a pass-catching back for Justin Herbert so he can catch passes out of the flat. We know Justin uh, Eckler is known to break passes for huge gains, gains on screen plays. Those all go towards Justin Herbert's points. He showed a little bit of running ability, too, even though he is mainly a pocket passer, uh, just overall, the Chargers team has looked really good. There's a lot of good things coming out of Justin Herbert. I'm picking him up, especially if you got Dak Prescott or anything. He should be your number one waiver wire guy. I'm picking him up because I don't have a second quarterback on my team. <laughs> and my only other quarterback is Drew Brees. So, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, Justin Herbert, it, there's no question he's been really good. And the, about Mike Williams, I did not like Mike Williams at the beginning of the season. I mean, He's so unpredictable. It, it, I mean, it's, he has one good game, that's it. Yeah, but, I mean, we didn't know Herbert was going to be this good. We didn't know Taylor was going to be benched. I mean, I guess I'm not going to say make excuses. I was wrong. I was probably wrong about Mike Williams at least somewhat. But, like, still. We, we should st- I have to probably stop taking victory laps and <laughs> calling out busts after, like, five weeks. Suddenly, <laughs> Juju's going to be really good. Mike Williams is going to get 0-0-0 next game. Yeah. All right, here's my deep sleeper. It is Irv Smith Jr., the very guy who I said was not going to take over the role from Kyle Rudolph has because Kyle Rudolph has done something unpredictable. He's been used as a blocking tight end. Rudolph caught one pass on two targets last game. Smith caught four of five targets for 64 yards. It's not much, but if you're looking for a long-term deep sleeper who might be good at the end of the year, look no further than Irv Smith Jr. I mean, with the Vikings offense sort of stepping up a little more that Kirk Cousins, I guess, hasn't been as bad. Um, Irv Smith, it could be good. And I mean, if he continues taking over Rudolph's role, like as Rudolph ages, I guess the Vikings might want to use him as a blocking tight end. This might be just be a Uh fluke. It's just one game, but he is a deep sleeper. And oh my, will I ever be taking the biggest victory lap if Irv Smith breaks out? (laughs) Yeah, I like Irv Smith too. I'm a little bit worried about Kyle Rudolph just because I think he's going to have a role in the offense. I mean, that's why I said it's a deep sleeper. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I like the pick. I like the pick, especially if Kirk Cousins continues to play the way he has played the last two games, not the way he played at the beginning of the season. <laughs> that was very, very, very bad. Very, very, very bad. Very, All very, right, very let's bad. go to starter sit. Starter sit. All right, time for starter sit. And the first guy, <laughs> it's kind of funny. Oh man, Chris, wait. Oh, now I now I laughed about it, so I have to bring it up. On Twitter, I tweeted about some buy lows and sell highs, and Kenyon Drake was a buy low, and then I promptly traded Kenyon Drake. <laughs> but I got a good offer. It was I traded Kenny Galladay, John Brown, and I already have Allen Robinson and Chris Godwin. I traded Kenny Galladay, John Brown, um, 
Kenny, Kenny and Drake and Joe Burrow for Matthew Stafford. And I also sold Joe Burrow low, which was a mistake. Matthew Stafford, Raheem Mostert, Austin Eckler, and Juju, who I am trading away promptly. I already got a deal for Juju before I even had him on my team. <laughs> That's how much I hate Juju. I tried to get OBJ instead of Juju. I tried my hardest, but I couldn't do it. So, yeah. Anyway, oh, I would have rather taken that, that trade was with Touchdown Kirk, by the way, our website writer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see. I think the one thing with you, Calvin, uh, is your team is actually like I think your team is really good, but it's kind of it's struggled so far. You're gonna drop to two and three, right? Yeah, but I in entering this and week, so I scored long, the second most points in the league. I know that's crazy, and the, but the crazy thing is, if you without Austin Eckler, your team is in a little bit of trouble because if you start losing all your games, you could be in a little bit of playoff trouble. I still think it was a great move, especially with our expanded playoffs this year. We decided to expand our playoffs a little bit this year. To I don't 16s, know whether, yeah. whether you listeners would like that, but I think it provides a little bit more fun because it allows for some other people. And that's the main goal of fantasy football is to have fun. Yeah, I mean, and here's what we best. thought. We originally had four teams. We switched it to eight, but then we switched it to six because four, I feel like, has that element of like grinding for the playoffs. And eight has that element of letting people in. So we wanted to keep both, sort of. So we chose six. Mm-hmm. And I like it. I like the format yeah. a lot. All right. But yeah, Kenyon Drake, anyway, we're going to talk about starter sit. And I'm going to say he's a start this week just because he's playing the Cowboys. He's had um, at least 18 touches in every game, not counting the one where he got hurt late against the Panthers. Um, he had only, he averaged less than four yards a carry against the Jets defense, mm-hmm. which is a bit concerning. Kenyon Drake has definitely been a bust. I apologize for the Kenyon Drake pick. But against Dallas, who just allowed 34 to a Giants team. Yeah, and let Devontae Freeman have a good game. That, yeah, I Devontae mean, Freeman defense, had his best game in, like, years. <laughs> I know. The Cowboys defense is probably I, – I will go out and say this. The Cowboys have the worst secondary in the entire league. Their front – is actually good, but they are not able to load the box because they have to leave so many guys back in coverage. So Worse than I the mean, Jets? Y- yes, worse than wow. the Jets. That's they crazy. are so bad. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that just because they're going to have to set, sit so many guys back in the secondary and they're going to have to play so loose, that's going to open up the box no matter how good the Cowboys – Pass rushers. Their only two wins and, were uh, the Cowboys. Only two wins were in a shootout against a New York team that lost Saquon Barkley, and in an onside kick lucky game that they won forty mm-hmm. to thirty nine against the Falcons. Yeah, exactly. Who like exactly. the Falcons? Wait, did the Falcons win this week, or did they lose? Um, we should know this. <laughs> Let's uh, see. Oh my well, the Falcons say. are well. The Falcons are. We know they had a bye, right? Or no, did they? they? Wait, no, they no, didn't. They... I'm an idiot. Wait, what? Yeah, uh, they... Wait, no, they didn't. I'm actually stupid. They, let me see. Uh... They lost to the Panthers. Oh, yeah, so they're 0-5 now. I mean, mm-hmm. they lost. The, 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 the Cowboys only beat an 0-5 Falcons team, and they beat the Giants. That's it. But on, on, on another topic, speaking of bad teams, I think the Jets have a chance of going 0-16. They've lost all of their games by double digits. Or, no, by at least nine. Mm-hmm. I mean, wow, now that you say that, that'd be that's so kind funny of a possibility, especially if they trade away Adam Gase for draft No, this is, the one, this is the one reason that Adam Gase should be fired now. Mm-hmm. He should go 0-16 first. <laughs> Tank for Trevor. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, I mean, the Jets, aren't the Jets trying to trade Darnold, too? Yeah, uh, an anonymous GM said that he doesn't think that the Jets could get a first-rounder for Sam Darnold, though, so. Yeah, they can't. They don't have any leverage. I mean, honestly, though, if they if, 
if the Jets can trade Sam Darnold and Le'Veon Bell in a package deal, they might be able to get a first rounder. They could get nobody wants. Le'Veon honestly, Bell's they could get a first. They could get a first, a second, and like a fourth for Sam Darnold and Le'Veon Bell. Mm, I mean, Bill O'Brien. I mean, trade for maybe David they, Johnson didn't give up much. Or maybe oh, wait, the no, Cowboys wait, yes, are looking did. Wait, yes, he did. Wait, oh shoot, I'm an idiot. He gave up DeAndre Hopkins. <laughs> didn't give up much at all anyway Kenyon Drake is a good start this week not a great no I I think Kenyon Drake Drake. is (laughs) wait who's he playing only because he's playing the Cowboys is he a start this week pretty much every other week for me he's getting towards maybe being sat on my bench guys if if, here let's let's do this because I've taken some victory laps this episode I've taken the occasional bust but let's let's do something fun Let's see running backs that I ranked getting Drake ahead of. Oh, oh no. Oh, no. I'm so sorry, guys. This is my worst pick of the whole season. Alvin Kamara. No. No. Oh, no. No. Miles Sanders. Clyde Edwards Hilaire. No. no. Aaron Jones. No. Austin Eckler. No. Josh Jacobs. Why? Oh. Ouch. Yeah, that's about it. That's all Alvin, the Alvin, who did I rank him ahead of? Okay. Yeah, let's look. Chris's rankings. Chris, I had him as RB6. You had him as RB12. You had him ahead of Jacobs and Sanders. Ugh, that hurts, but I didn't have him ahead of Kamara. Oh, I had or, him ahead of Kamara. Aaron Jones. Let's Sanders go. Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones. Jones. Oh, guys. that hurts. I had him I'm at number so six. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Oh, Kenyon Drake. Kenyon Drake. Please, Kenyon Drake. I traded him when he's such a good buy. I admitted myself he was a good buy low, and I still had to trade him because I couldn't trust him as flex. As a flex. Mm-hmm. All right. Anyway, <laughs> after that whole cry fest, T.Y. Hilton, who last week was supposed to be dropped. Oh, man. I'm arguing for T.Y. Hilton this week. Six of ten targets for 69 yards last week. Or wait. Actually, he's facing the Bengals. Chris, why don't you go first? I can't decide. Oh, this is definitely a sit for me. He's too unpredictable. I don't trust him. Phillip Rivers hasn't looked to him consistently. There's nothing consistent about T.Y. Hilton. Uh, the Bengals haven't been anything special, but they also haven't been awful. I'm not starting him, though. Okay, yeah, I mean, that's that's actually my reasoning for not starting him. I was trying to decide. Like, he's been so unpredictable. He only got the targets this one game. But, Chris, I embarrassed myself. Now let's embarrass you. Players who you ranked T.Y. Hilton ahead of. Ready? Chris. Oh, Ready? No. <laughs> Stefan Diggs. Oh. Terry McLaurin. <laughs> Tyler Boyd. DJ Chark. Julian Edelman. Oh. <laughs> All of those is T.Y. was ahead of one spot behind Cortland Sutton, two spots behind D.K. Metcalf, three spots behind Robert Woods, or no, no, Tyler Lockett, five spots behind Calvin Ridley. Ooh, that is gotta hurt. That might have oh. been your worst pick this year. My worst was yeah. Drake. Mm-hmm. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Oh, the thing is, though, so Drake like totally. No, let, let's see. Draft. Let's see players I ranked Ty Hilton behind before we move on. I he ranked Ty Hilton as wide receiver twenty five. I had him as thirty two. I ranked him behind Stephon Diggs. I ranked him behind Terry McLaurin. I ranked him behind Julian oh. Edelman. I ranked okay, him behind yeah, okay, DJ. You're just Char- reading all the guys that I that I did. I know. Let's go. And yeah. I ranked him behind. Wait, was there one more that I read? Okay, no, I ranked him behind all the guys you ranked him ahead of. That were stupid. So mm-hmm. basically, I was smart. 
I was so off the D.Y. Hilton train, and it feels so good. All right, I'm, anyway, I'm sitting him. Tyler Boyd versus the Colts. Last week only had four catches, but I'm giving him the start. I mean, the Colts' defense is really good, but last week the Browns actually did something in the pass game. The, the running game stopping is the Colts' strength, so I don't know if Mixon's going to be too good this week, but Tyler Boyd should get back on track. His target share is very nice. I really like it. And if Zach Taylor didn't give a timetable for AJ Green's return, which worries me. So I think Tyler Boyd's a start. He isn't, he wasn't that good last week, unfortunately, but it was against the Ravens. So it's excusable. So I'm starting him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. I mean, I, I agree with you. I think that he should be started. All right, let's go. Evan Ingram, as we moved through that one way quicker than the others. Uh, I will start Evan Ingram just because Washington is I think bottom five in the league against tight ends and fantasy points. Ingram has been inconsistent. I wrote consistent on the note sheet. He's been very inconsistent. He had a bad game against San Francisco, but he's had a couple of good games this year too. And he had a bad game last week. He had more, he had one catch and two carries. <laughs> he had more <laughs> carries than catches, but I'm going to start him just because it's not hard to be a top 12 tight end in this league. And I think against Washington, he can bounce back because he's had a couple of okay games this year. Mm-hmm. All right, yeah, and then why don't you take the lead on the Dalton Schultz analysis versus Arizona? I'm going to sit him, and I think you are too. Yeah, uh, I'm barely sitting him just because uh, Arizona has been really good against tight ends. But honestly, I wouldn't be mad if you started him just because I think that Andy Dalton is going to need someone to look to, and tight ends kind of tend to be that person for uh, for quarterbacks that are stepping into a team with a team that they really haven't played with. So, yeah. I mean, I feel like Dalton's sort of a downgrade for Schultz because, I mean, they're not going to be passing – passing as much with Dalton and there are other options to look to like Zeke as a security blanket CD Lamb Amari Cooper Michael Gallup I just think there's not enough space for or I almost said Dearness Johnson I was looking at booms and busts Dalton Schultz (laughs) yeah all right well let's go to booms and busts booms and busts all right booms and busts uh, my first boom is James Robinson, who's playing Detroit and coming off a game where he had 7.5 fantasy points and everyone freaked out. No need to freak out. Robinson has been be- uh, beyond, above and beyond your wildest dreams. He's a great buy low right now. That fumble prevented him from getting 9.5, which isn't all that bad. Last week, wait, who did Jacksonville play again? Um, let me check that. I have the teams up right they played do 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 houston oh okay well okay a pretty no, good matchup with jj so, so much for matchup uh matchup uh matchup <laughs> what am i trying to say matchup backup that was not good at all okay. okay but i mean dj chark did badly last week too it's just jacksonville in general did very badly he's gonna have a bounce back game against detroit detroit's defense is horrible against yeah. the run so Robinson, good boom candidate this week. And my second is Eric Ebron. He's also owned in over 60% of ESPN leagues. We said mm-hmm. there'd be some waiver wire guys here. Yeah. And Cleveland has been terrible against tight ends too. He's had five catches in each of the last two games, Eric Ebron. He's had a touchdown. He had mm-hmm. a fumble last last week, that, or this week, I guess last week, that made him worse than he could have been. And now he's facing Cleveland. And Ben Roethlisberger has been very solid and looking at him more and more each game. So I like Eric Ebron this week as a boom. Yeah, I mean, I I really agree with you here. I I had we both were uh, actually pretty high on uh, what's Eric Ebron. <laughs> I don't know why I forgot his name. He's literally staring right at me because I'm on the note sheet. But uh, I mean, we both haven't had him in our rankings. He's kind of on that upwards trend that we were following with 
Austin Hooper. He started out with one catch against the Giants. In week two, he had three catches. Week three, he had five catches. In week four, he had a bye. Week five, he had five more catches. I mean, he's on pace for a good amount of catches, just like Austin Hooper is by week 17. <laughs> so I'm definitely uh, – I don't know if I'm starting him this week. I agree with you that he has a chance to boom, but I don't necessarily trust it enough. All right. Well, it's fair. I think he has a good chance, though, I would Maybe say. It's, the, it's sort of Deontay a – It's Johnson It's a bold – I, I I my, my two picks are pretty bold. Uh-huh. If Deontay Johnson stays out, I really like that pick. Okay. Your your boom, Chris, is helped by the fact that he's playing the Jets this week. Yeah. Uh, Miles Gaskin, I actually I, this is one of my favorite boom picks that we've had that we've had this season. He had 16 carries last week for 57 yards and a touchdown. He's also been active in the receiving game. In in uh, the games he's played, he has four had four receptions, six receptions, five receptions, three receptions, and then five receptions. That number is going to continue. He's going to get into the end zone on one of those catches too. Uh, he's going to break one loose. I think that this could be the week he's facing an, a horrid Jets defense, which we have harped on throughout this <laughs> the entirety of this podcast. So I think that he's due for a huge week, and this is the one where he really sets himself on the map uh, among some of the top running backs or at least among as as kind of a good solid RB2 maybe even pushing actually I'd say solid RB2 I won't say he's yeah, pushing RB1 enough. just yet all right and yeah he had a semi a, a slightly a, a, he didn't get a ton of carries two games ago so might be a good buy low right now too mm-hmm. so yeah. um your second guy, Chris, I absolutely despise as a boom candidate. I mean, they sort of – it's a really Calvin, good one and a no, really I, bad I one. They balance this, each other but out. Calvin, you have to get over it and look at the I'm matchup. I'm not – no, 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 no. Calvin, look at the matchup that he has. Oh, please. He's playing Washington. Washington is second in fantasy points against – or second least fantasy points against wide receivers. And they oh. faced Cooper Cup and Robert Woods last week. I, I, I feel like uh, they, they really haven't been able to contain the huge plays, though. And that's what Darius They Satan had is one for. huge play to Robert Woods. Cooper Daniel Cup Jones was silent last game. Daniel Jones is going to have to look to uh, – it's going to have to look to Slayton this coming game. Actually, you know what, Calvin? Yes! Yes! Let's go! You've convinced me. I thought the Washington defense was worse, but now knowing that they've been second against fantasy points, you've changed my mind on the spot. Darius Slayton. He had eight catches for 129 yards last week. That's against the terrible Dallas yeah. defense. I still think that he's going to be good, but I think it's going to be very matchup dependent because I think in a good matchup, he's going to do very, very well. And I bet you can agree with me, Calvin, because right now the Giants offense isn't able to do anything against I think even the, the uh, average game, defenses. The Pittsburgh game was lucky. Uh, if he once he plays Dallas again, I think there's a chance that he does well. But other than mm-hmm. that, he's yeah, not a good maybe, week to Yeah, and maybe and some of the some of the best matchups, I think that he's going to do really well. But other than that, I think he might struggle a little bit just because that Giants offense really hasn't been able to get anything going. But keep on definitely stash him on your bench because when he does play the Cowboys or when he does play when he the for Jets, one week stash him on your bench. <laughs> no, when he plays the Jets, when he plays the Cowboys, when he plays other teams that as the season goes on, we really start to notice a trend where the Seahawks, you know, where where they're well, the really Cowboys struggling. are really just worse than all of those. Yeah, but I mean still he's going to be due for big games because he he didn't even get into the end zone and he had eight catches for 129 yards, managed a ton of fantasy points. I think that in the right matchup Darius Slayton is going to be huge. And I think that's why he's going to end up with yeah, a good ranking Dallas, too. Darius Slayton will but be uh yeah. Maybe not this week. Uh, hmm. Let me give you maybe guys a week, let me give you guys a uh, another boom candidate on the fly. How about this one? Golden Tate. No, just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Bus candidates. 
My first one is Darius Slayton. <laughs> and no joke, I put him down as a bus candidate versus Washington, who's been surprisingly stingy against the pass. We talked about our earlier why his Pittsburgh game was lucky just because a bunch of other Giants receivers had a similar target share. And yet he was the one with the two TDs against Pittsburgh. And Pittsburgh, for some reason, was playing super badly against the Giants' pass attack. That was weird. I don't know why. So we talked about Darius Slayton already. My second one is Dearness Johnson, whose carries went down from 13 to 8 last game. He's facing oh, Pittsburgh this week, who definitely is, I think, second against the run in fantasy points, second least. So, I mean, Dearness Johnson averaged four yards a carry last week. It's not bad, but he's just going to be very underwhelming. I don't think he'll get into the end zone, which is also a problem. Probably just get like yeah. six touches for like 23 yards and be pretty underwhelming. So he's a bust. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, I'd agree with you. I think that he's going to be very underwhelming. I was hoping that he would get some more carries, but he isn't going to do it. Kareem Hunt really is the guy now, uh, as long as Nick Chubb is out. And then for me, my first boss – actually, I'll go back to my booms because I came up with one. Devontae Parker, and uh, guess why, guys? Yeah. He's playing the Jets. So, uh, yes! That's, that's a one-way ticket. Uh, a game against the Jets is a one-way ticket to, uh, to boom on the second goal fantasy podcast show. Uh, he only had two catches, but that number is going to jump so. like crazy when he plays the Jets. Uh, I love him next week. So I think he's an even better one than Seriously. Uh, All right. So I'll just sit back and relax while you talk about your busts. And I like both of them, I think. I mean, yeah, Odo Beckham yeah. Jr. And I mean, he really only had one big game. Other than that, he just has not been able to get a, cons- a consistent so. enough, a consistent amount of receptions to make him fantasy relevant in, in my eyes. I mean, I am sitting him next week, if you guys can believe it. He, the most receptions wow. he's had in the game is five. He had three, four, four, five, five. That is not going to cut it for the number one guy in the Browns offense. Now he's playing the Pittsburgh defense. This is an absolutely nightmare matchup. I am definitely sitting Odo Beckham, and I'm expecting a bus. I Wait, Chris, sorry to interrupt. I think, but I by think the whole plan to goose egg. By the, associ- by the transitive property of pacing – I just made that up um, – OBJ should get six catches next game. And with his uh, big playability, I think that defense. makes it enough to start him. Yeah, not against the Pittsburgh defense. Uh, bold pick, OBJ go, goes for a goose egg this week. <laughs> That's kind of funny. I mean, if that happens, though, that'll be super – that'll be crazy. That's a very bold pick, though. All right, mm-hmm. want, go ahead. Sorry. Okay, yeah, I'll go with my second one, too. Uh, Daryl Henderson, and while he did have a ton of – touches I think that that number is going to steadily decrease Cam Akers is going to have to get a bigger role the Rams were really looking to run the ball after they went up by so many points and I think that's the biggest reason for Daryl Daryl Henderson getting somewhat of a role in the offense now he uh, is matched up with a San Francisco team that has a pretty solid run defense obviously they lost Joey Bosa but I mean or Nick Bosa sorry not Joey um so I think that he's going to get shut down by by them they're not going to be playing by with a huge lead this week, so uh, I'm really, I'm really thinking that the Rams are going to have to pass the ball a little bit. That means good for Robert Wood and Cooper Cup, by the way, if you guys are, inter- if you guys have them on your teams. But, Goodbye, low Cooper. I Cup. mean, Malcolm Brown and uh, Cam Akers, they did have a role in the offense. It's just overshadowed by the fact that that the Rams ran the ball so much that Daryl Henderson still managed to get 16 carries. I mean, he did get into the end zone and he looked pretty good while he was out there actually 15 carries for 38 yards he actually didn't look that good <laughs> caught a lucky touchdown pass that's not going to happen again so high on Daryl Henderson too I mean I'm sure that there are people 
with like Austin Eckler that are very interested in getting someone like Daryl Henderson too. So try and sell high on him. If you can't just stash on your bench, I'm sure that'll, that he's a worthy bench stash, but uh, he's not going to do anything near what he did last week. And Cam Akers, Sean McVay said that Cam Akers is going to get a bigger role. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, and he was very good. Nine attempts, 61 yards against Washington. All right, so Chris, do you want to give us an update on your fantasy before we quote unquote update where before we roll the credits? Yeah, let's go, guys. Uh, oh my gosh, AJ Brown! Right as you said that, Calvin, he just caught another pass. AJ Brown has five catches for seventy yards and a touchdown, and Devin Singletary has only put up one more yard since we left. My fantasy team currently has eighty nine percent point six. His has eighty four point eight. I'm trending in the right direction. Okay, wait. What I'm are the projections? And as I speak, AJ Brown gets another gets another catch. You know, has six catches for seventy six yards. Six yards. Uh, ESPN projections projects me to get ninety four point six, and my opponent to get ninety point one. Half PPR Let's projections. Go, That's so sad, Chris. <laughs> That's a sad projection. Yeah, well, Calvin, I also have Aaron Jones, Christian McCaffrey, Damian Harris, and Zach Moss. Wait, really? I didn't know that. And I'm starting one running back. What? You never told me that. The only running back that I'm starting (laughs) is Josh. He just continues to complain. Calvin, can we please notice, like, people are going to be so – they're going to want A.J. Brown so bad. Six catches. You wanted to get rid of him. You kept packaging him with people and be like, get Because I needed needed a flex. I needed a real – no, I actually don't think he's a sell high. I'm excited to see him continue. I'm not trading him someone, unless someone offers me DK Metcalf for him. So that's about it right now. All right. Well, and, he, and it's not even that he has and it's not even uh, he that just, he has six receptions. He has, he has eight targets and he has two catches that have been pulled back by, by penalties. So that would be 10, that would be eight catches on 10 targets for like probably almost 100 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, that's pretty good. In, and the second half just started, guys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. AJ so, Brown, let's let's roll the credits. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can do so. Follow us at Calvin underscore SGF, at Chris underscore SGF, at SGF Pod. We forgot to mention that I put some urgent ads on Twitter for waiver wire this week because while ESPN waivers are being moved back through Wednesday, Sleeper and Yahoo, two other popular apps, um, are keeping their waivers the same. So I put some urgent ads on there. You can always find urgent ads either on the website, sites.google.com slash view slash second and goal fantasy, or you can find them um, on the, uh, on, on the Twitter page. I always, I'll post them either on either place, basically every single week. Uh, if you want to email us, you can do so at second and goal fantasy at gmail.com. If you want to listen on other platforms, maybe download everywhere to help us out. You can find our platform links on sites.google.com slash view slash second and goal fantasy, or just look us up on Amazon music, Apple podcasts, Spotify, Google podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Castbox, or Podbean. We're on all of those. Um, if you want to leave a review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe, we'd really appreciate it. And we might re- read your review on the show. And so keep downloading and keep listening. If you want to check out our live sports talk show where we do play-by-play and a weekly sports talk show every Saturday, you can go to S- www.sportscastr.com slash talk or follow us on Twitter at SGSportsTalk or download the Sportscaster app the way I spelled it. And follow us at SG Sports Talk. If you have questions for our live show, email us at secondandgoalsportstalk at gmail.com. And if you – I actually ha- – there's a site called Tecmo Hole that I write for in case you didn't mm-hmm. know about Check it. Check it out. Calvin's a good writer, guys. Yeah, I'm insane. 
<laughs> but anyway, if you want to check that out, you can go to https colon backslash backslash www.tecmoholecom slash author slash Calvin K. I haven't written one in a while, but I mean, if you want to see some good writing, stay tuned on the website because while I don't post full articles every week, when I do post the full articles instead of posting the people on Twitter and like you can always ask me questions about them on Twitter if you want. But uh, when I write articles, they are like in art form, like not even joking. They're like Picasso. They're the Picasso of a uh, fantasy football. A fantasy football writing. Yes, exactly. Check them out, guys. And uh, I guess a good way to end off the show, AJ Brown caught another catch, caught another pass for six yards. And uh, that's a good way to end, I guess. We'll see you guys <laughs> I next I love time. these live updates. These are so bad. All right. Anyway, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.